Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. In the name of Jesus Christ, may in this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, phobia, depression, destruction, stagnancy, ignorance, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to guide it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. You may be seated. Greetings from Apostle, Apostle Arkady. I'm going to try to pass on the information that he has given to, a, given to us today. The book of Matthew 5:45 and 48. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The name of this sermon is called to perfection. This is the command that the Lord has given for us to be perfect, as He is perfect. This is the inheritance of saints of all times, and it is addressed by Christ strictly to His students. Therefore, people who do not acknowledge over themselves the authority of the person sent by God are not partakers of the inheritance contained in this commandment. They never have been, and it is doubtful that they will ever be able to. And as it relates to fulfilling this commanding order to be vigilant over the word of God within our heart, as God is vigilant over his spoken word within the temple of our body, we stop to study the growth of the tree of life in the good soil of our heart, which produces its fruit, 12 times a year. We've noted that we noted three important components here. First, the tree of life grown in the Eden of our heart symbolizes the fruit of our spirit demonstrating itself in our gentle or meek mouth, disciplined by the truth concealed within our heart, capable of demonstrating love to God, uh, the love agape, fulfilling the commandments of the Lord. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 15.4 Second, the tree of life grown by us in the Eden of our heart is a symbol of the fruit of our spirit, which demonstrates itself in the ability to demonstrate love to God by fulfilling the commandments of the Lord. John 14, 15 through 17, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither knows him or sees him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 
And third, the tree of life grown by us in the Eden of our heart is the ability to demonstrate love to your neighbor, which passes us from the state of eternal death into the state of eternal life. 1 John 3, 14, 15 We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We need to understand that a gentle tongue by which we discipline ourselves with the truth concealed within our heart are not emotions but responsibility demonstrated in specific words which are accompanied by acts disciplining the emotions and leading them according to the confessed by us words. <clears throat> and so speaking of the tree of life, we've noted three important components if, you've ever, if you're ever asked, can you shortly identify the tree of life which you need to grow in the Eden of your heart? And we need to say that the tree of life that we are speaking of and that it's that we are taught is the fruit of our spirit it's talking about the, the fruit of our spirit and the tree of life in the fruit of our spirit has three things three components love for God when we fulfill his commandments second it's when we love one another and third it demonstrates itself in our gentle or meek mouth and a gentle or meek mouth are not emotions but responsibility which are demonstrated in specific words and actions and these are disciplined by the bridle of truth which we confess in our life. This is the tree of life which we are called to grow in our heart or in the Eden of our heart. Keeping the commandments where we are called to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in our faith consisting in the ability to fulfill the commandments of the Lord will testify within our heart that we have crucified our flesh with its lusts and passions, which has given us the ability to love those who love God and hate those who hate God, which indicates the fact that the fruit of the Spirit demonstrated by us in our love to God and for one another, which we are called to demonstrate fulfilling the, lo the Lord's commandments, is a holy or a selective love, the love agape, which is why the fruit of the Spirit demonstrates or demonstrated by us in our love to God and for <clears throat> one the other will be for certain people a fatal odor of death and for other people a life-giving fragrance therefore only by following God's commandments are we able to demonstrate our love to God in our faith and to our neighbor and doing so we demonstrate light in the Lord and behave as children of the light and to examine ourselves as to whether we have truly crucified our flesh with its lusts and its passions, we have been studying the image of the fruits of our spirit abiding within our heart in the format of the twelve months of the holy year, in feasts and events consisting within these twelve months of the holy year, identifying your imperishable inheritance contained in the blood of the cross of Christ. And to partake in this imperishable inheritance of the treasure of the blood of Christ is only possible by the twelve pearly gates, which contain the twelve principles identifying and testifying of the collaboration of the carrying of our cross with the cross of Christ, where we exchange destinies with Christ. 
specifically in the moment where we in the death of the Lord death of the cross of the Lord Jesus died by the law through the law we die by the law through the law to live for the one that died for us and resurrected Jesus is clothed into the image of our sin at the same time we are clothed into the image of his righteousness these pearly gates this the carrying of our cross it forms us into the image of Christ but when Jesus carried his cross he was formed into the image of our sin he took upon himself our sins the difference is that he had in himself a pearl and he covered himself with our sin we have corruption in us and we are clothing this mortal body into the resurrection of Christ see the difference the great Yahweh he had the pearl inside and he had taken his sins upon himself and was completely covered with the sins of his nation we inside have a mortal soul and corrupt body but we by confessing with our mouth we are clothing ourselves into the nature of the resurrection of Christ studying the feasts and events consisting in every new month of the year we noted that the Old Testament identifies new as the symbol of the future which was to be revealed in the New Testament this is a covenant made with a new person called to receive the justification of God by the gift of the grace of God independent of the law of Moses which only yields wrath on the other hand identifying the word new indicates the resurrection of life within our body in the fruits of the tree of life grown by a new person in the good soil of our heart <clears throat> what we need to note here the word new is includes both born and resurrected we make a covenant with our new person our spirit and he is born and so my soul and my body still remain the same mortal and corrupt and they cannot be born I was born we are born from our fathers and mothers in the flesh and so the new covenant is made with our spirit with the new person and our spirit has the responsibility to lead our soul and our body to the resurrection of Christ when we are united with Christ in his death so we be united with Christ in his resurrection the born spirit uh, our mind and body need to also take part so we have a New Testament Old Testament New Testament is made with the new person the Old Testament speaks of the existence of the old man within ourselves the New Testament is called to bear our spirit the Old Testament is called to condemn the old man and resurrect our soul and our body and so when the born from God is able to collaborate with the soul to resurrect our soul and body then this will no longer become an Old or New Testament this will become the book of life in a specific format as much as God has allowed and according to the measure of our faith we already studied the fruit of our spirit in the form of the tree of life grown by us in the Eden of our heart in the first four months of the holy year and stop to study the fruit of our spirit in the new fifth month which we are called to produce to God so that we can be in accordance with the perfection of the Heavenly Father himself 
practically every month, all of these events that occurred within the month, all of these events and feasts, they, as a, as a genetic code, are within the fruit of the month, and we need to demonstrate this fruit uh, in the tree of life, the tree of life in the form of the fruit of the fifth month, which we have been studying in the fruit of our spirit together with our pastor. And so this fifth month falls somewhere in the middle of July or August. This is the month of Av. In Israel, in the ninth day of the fifth month Av, they observed a fast in remembrance of the destruction of the Temple of Solomon by Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. At God's command, only after the destruction of the Temple of Solomon, the chosen by God land promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their descendants by faith received the opportunity to celebrate or enjoy its Sabbaths. The name Nebuzaradan means Nebu provides descendants. Taking Jerusalem by storm, Nebuzaradan, obeying the command of the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, immediately made sure to free the prophet Jeremiah from the guard or control of the Jewish king Jehoiakim, because Jeremiah gave the prophecy that king Jehoiakim did not like. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths, as long as the, she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Second Chronicles 36, 21. First, at the command of King Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian captain of the guard, offered Jeremiah protection from the Jewish king and his princes, who wanted to kill him because of the prophecy that he had given, stating that God is giving all of the kingdoms of the earth to the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar. Second, Jeremiah was fed as royalty and was given absolute freedom to remain in Jerusalem or to follow the Israelite captives to Babylon, but he would be a privileged citizen of the Babylonian Empire. The name of the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar means Nebu preserved the rights of secession. Nebu is a Babylonian king which the Babylonians considered the patron or protector of science, arts, and writing. The name of this god was given to Mount Nebo, and it is from the top of this mountain that God showed Abraham a beautiful view or magnificent panorama of Palestine. From this very mountain, the Lord showed Moses the promised land. The name of the Babylonian king Nebu also includes worshiping your personal intellectual abilities, which we can see in the testimony of King Nebuchadnezzar himself who, although acknowledged the authority of the God of Israel over himself, he at the same time continued to trust upon the abilities of his own mind. Daniel 4.29, at the end of the twelve months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? The destruction of the Temple of Solomon by Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard of King Nebuchadnezzar, whom the Lord called his servant, had a unique character demonstrated in the fact that the destruction of this temple was the will and command of the Most High for the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar. Jeremiah 25, 8 and 9. Therefore, the uh, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not heard my words, Israel, he's speaking to Israel, behold, I will send and take all the families of the north, says the Lord, the 
and Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will bring them against this land, against its inhabitants, and against these nations all around, and will utterly destroy them, and make them an astonishment, and a hissing, and a perpetual desolation. Therefore the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuzardan, the captain of the guard, did the will of God, and unlike the king of the Jews and his princes, Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuzardan treated the God of Israel as well as the prophet Jeremiah with reverent respect. This we can see in the prayer of the Babylonian king, where he, after the decision by the decree of the watchers, and the sentence of the holy ones which were completed over him, he finally stopped trusting in the abilities of his mind and acknowledged the unquestionable authority of the mind of the Most High God over himself in the form of prophet Daniel, whom he called Belshazzar. Daniel 4.17.18 This decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the Most High rule in the kingdoms of men gives it to whomever he wills, and sets over it the lowest of men. This dream my king Nebuchadnezzar have seen. Now you, Belshazzar, declare its interpretation, since all the wise men of the kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able, for the spirit of the holy God is in you. And so the watcher and the holy one, as it he says at the command of the holy one and decree of the watchers, Watcher and Holy One, these are two names out of a total of 50 names of the Most High God, taking part in protecting the sovereign right of His mind, which the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit possess. The head of it is God Himself, as well as the mind of Christ that is within our spirit. So the mind of Christ is the elementary teaching of Christ. A combination of these two names of God, Watcher and Holy One, indicates the fact that God is vigilant in the temple of our body, vigilant over His Word, which we have concealed in our heart, and that we are vigilant of in prayer. So that this oath, Word, be fulfilled in the time appointed by Him within the temple of our body, where the image of the servant of the Lord, in the form of the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, represents the function of our renewed mind by the means of which we receive the ability to present the members of our body as slaves of righteousness. Therefore, to collaborate with these two names of God Most High, it is necessary for us, collaborating with these names, Watcher and and the Holy One, it is necessary for us to be vigilant in prayer over the words of the Lord concealed within our heart, just as God is vigilant over His Word in the, in the temple of our body, so that it be fulfilled at the time He decides, which upon practice means, when confessing the faith of God concealed within our heart, we will not damage the Word of God, as many do, perverting the meaning of the Word of God and ascribing the regalia of God to their own mind. Daniel 4.34-37 at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored Him who lives forever. For His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation, all the inhabitants of the earth, and are reputed as nothing he does according to his will in the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of the earth no one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was resorted 
restored to the kingdom and ex excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. Unlike the Jewish king and his princes, King Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, deeply believed and trembled before the God of Israel, and obeying the prophetic words of Prophet Jeremiah, they first destroyed the temple of Solomon, and second took the sons of Israel captive according to the word of Prophet Jeremiah. Nebuchadnezzar took them to Babylon and selected from among them young men that were of noble and royal blood, he placed Daniel to rule over his palace, and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, he, at the request of Daniel, placed them over the entire country. He called Daniel Belshazzar, it means may God protect or keep the king, and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, he called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed Abednego. Their names contained the functions of the sun, moon, and stars, which were to give light to the world and direct the day and night. And so all of these individuals are present within our body. Considering this, before destroying the temple, they, using the hands of the priests of the temple, brought out all of the sacred vessels of the temple and with special trembling and care delivered them up to, to Babylon, placing them into the royal treasury for safekeeping until, by the word of Jeremiah, 70 years are completed and the land finishes enjoying all of her Sabbaths. The priests who were responsible for the order in the temple, whose calling it was to bring the chosen by God land into a Sabbath peace, so that she can clothe, <clears throat> she can be clothed with their peace, the descendants of this land, but they were not able to bring the chosen by God land peace, because the purpose of their service was called to bear condemnation. Therefore, they were not able to bring peace to this land, or the people that lived there, the inhabitants. And then God commanded the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar to destroy the temple, to take captive the nation of Israel, and take them to Babylon, so they, that they be servants to his sons until the time of the rule of the Persian king, until the word of the Lord is fulfilled, spoken by prophet Jeremiah, the land finishes, enjoying all of her Sabbaths. <clears throat> Second Kings 25, 8-10 and in the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord and the king's house, all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great, he burned with fire. <coughs> And all the army of the Chaldeans, who were with the captain of the guard, broke down the walls of Jerusalem all around. <clears throat> Considering that the law of Moses, the service that was in the temple, with all of its offerings and sacrifices, represented the future and the shadow of good things to come, and not a representation of items themselves. We need to ask the questions, what things do we need to understand about the destruction of the Temple of Solomon, the existence of which deprived the chosen by God land promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and their descendants by faith to enjoy her Sabbaths? Second, <clears throat> what do we need to understand about the image of the tree of life in the element of the fruit of the fifth month in the fruit of our spirit, giving the chosen by God land the ability to enjoy her Sabbaths? <clears throat> Third, who is Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar within our body, who were enforcers of the will of the God of Israel and who trembled before him and before his holy prophets? 
Fourth, what is the significance of the time frame of 70 years necessary for celebrating the Sabbaths by the promised <clears throat> by God land to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and his descendants by faith? Answering the first question, what things do we need to understand about the destruction of the Temple of Solomon within our body, the existence of which did not allow the chosen by God land within our body to enjoy her Sabbaths? <clears throat> the symbol of the Temple of Solomon represents the service of condemnation, which reveals sin in our body and gives power to sin in the form of our old man, which represents our spiritual infancy or carnal state, which places us in dependence of the law of sin and death, as it is written. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, 1 Corinthians 15, <clears throat> And so, how and what is the temple of Solomon within our body? It is spiritual infancy or a carnal state. We serve God as we can, we sing in a nice way, we try to pray in a nice way, try to serve in a nice way, but if we continue to stay in a carnal state, all of our attractive service needs to uh, pass through the process of death. The service, uh, our soul our co contributes uh, in the service that we do give, and it needs to pass through the process of death and there's an imprint of death, however attractive it may be. The Temple of Solomon was a work of art, it was a masterpiece, but it, ca it bore in it, it carried the service of condemnation, and all of it had to be destroyed to the ground. Therefore, until the service of condemnation will be abolished within our body by destroying the Temple of Solomon, representing the image of the stronghold of death within our body, in the form of the given law of Moses, which reveals sin within our body, the given law of Moses, which reveals sin within our body and gives power to this, to this sin, allowing it to govern over us in the form of our old person passed on to us by the sinful seed of our fathers. And so, while the service in the form of the Temple of Solomon will not be destroyed in us, then we will not be able to clothe our body into the stronghold of incorruption. And so see what every saint needs to experience. Everything we do for God in the flesh needs to be destroyed and burned down by Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar. Based on the given information, we have been studying the image of the Temple of Solomon within our body as our carnal state, which is under the guard of the Law of Moses. At the same time, we have been studying the destruction of the Temple of Solomon as the eradication of our carnal state, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, Colossians 2.14. And so how this destruction happens? By eliminating the state of, of infancy, spiritual infancy wiping out the handwriting of requirements that were against us. And so the word needs to be written uh, within our heart and 
this is Prophet Jeremiah and Daniel, and then in our mind, Nebuchadnezzar, and then in our body, which is Nebuchadnezzar. Studying the second question, what do we need to understand about the image of the tree of life producing its fruit in the fifth month, the fruit of our spirit, giving the chosen by God land the ability to enjoy her Sabbaths for 70 years? We've noted that the symbol of the tree of life is the grown by us fruit of the spirit from the received by us seed of the word about the kingdom of heaven. Studying the third question, who is Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar within our body? who were enforcers of the will of God of Israel, who trembled before him and before his holy prophets. We've noted that the symbol of King Nebuchadnezzar is our mind, or the reasonable aspect of our soul. The symbol of Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard of Nebuchadnezzar, is our will, placed in dependence of the reasonable abilities of our soul. The symbol of the Jewish king Jehoiakim and his princes resisting God in the form of prophet Jeremiah and desiring to kill him is within our body the symbol of the old man receiving his power from the law of Moses, which is his armor upon which he relies, keeping prophet Jeremiah within his grasp. You see where the old man has hidden himself in the in the garments of King Jehoiakim. He wants to work with you, but as soon as he finds out that your Jeremiah within your spirit has received a revelation that the temple will be destroyed, and so then he begins to rise up and he wants, he wants, he puts then Jeremiah into prison. At the same time, the symbol of Prophet Jeremiah and Daniel is the mind of Christ, the possessor of which is our new or sacred person born from the seed of the word of truth and grown into the full measure of growth in Christ. Relevant to this, Pastor reminds us that to perform the righteous judgments of God within your body, destroying the temple of Solomon, where we eliminate the service of condemnation, it is necessary to have the truth upon the tablets of your heart, imprinted in the form of the elementary teaching of Christ, where God has made us alive together with Christ in the new tablets of the covenant, having forgiven us all of our sins, eliminating the handwriting of requirements that was against us, Identifying the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ within our heart, we have been studying it in the virtues of the breastplate of the high priest, representing a continual memorial before God with which we are called to collaborate our mind in the form of our continual vigilance and prayer over the truth of the word concealed in our good heart, which corresponds to the demands of the perfect will of our Heavenly Father. This is quite an important discipline, which we, like David, are called to present to God <clears throat> in our continual prayer as an argument, providing God with proper grounds to hear us and stand on our side in our prayer battle against our own flesh. Considering that our memory determines the abilities and opportunities of truth that is concealed within our heart, collaborating with our renewed mind and our gentle or meek mouth, 
it was necessary for us to remember first what in its essence within our heart is the remembrance of the works of God imprinted in the days of old. Second, was or what purpose is the remembrance of the works of God called to fulfill done by God in the days of old? Third, what price do we need to pay to possess the remembrance of the works of God within our heart imprinted in the days of old? And fourth, what results follow from having the remembrance of the works of God in yourself imprinted in the days of old? We are going to talk about uh, memory or remembrance. Who can have this, this continual memory or memorial of the Lord? Only a person who has Prophet Jeremiah in his heart and this is not enough. Prophet Jeremiah needs to be transformed into Prophet Daniel, and when this happens, then we receive Nebuchadnezzar, who is our renewed mind, who then is, uh, then we have Nebuchadnezzar, who is subject to him. And when all of these individuals within the essence of our body, each one is, is in its own place, the Lord allows us to then have access to his word, his remembrance, his revelations. And we can then perform continual prayer. Why? Because continual prayer can only be performed uh, by having a continual memory or remembrance of God. And this is only possible when we have all of these individuals in their proper place. Jeremiah, Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar, these individuals who will be present and King Jehoiakim, who is the old man who has uh, pretty much put on these uh, religious garments. But as soon as he hears that you want to leave your carnal state and that you say it's not normal to stay in your your carnal state, the first thing he'll do is put the the new person into prison because He knows the new person is supposed to put him into prison. The new person has spoken this prophecy and is waiting for the Lord to fulfill his words. And Jeremiah comes and then puts puts this uh, religious king into prison. And he had a uh, verdict of death, as we know. You see how beautiful and how unusual Pastor has presented all of this. Pastor is presenting all these individuals within our essence. This is not just to show them uh, in an abstract form, but within us, uh, existing within us. And so, studying the first question, we note that our sovereign existence and natural moral perfecting is connected to our memory, identifying the essence and purpose of our individuality as a wise and sovereign individual. How we are different from, for example, from pigs or monkeys or other animals, we have memory. They also have eyes, uh, heart, and they have a lot all, a lot of uh, similar things, but even a pig can speak in tongues. a symbolic pig, but the pig does not have memory. That is the elementary teaching of Christ that's in her heart and with which she 
renews her mind and confesses with the meek mouth. Specifically, our memory representing information concealed within our heart and our mind identifies us as wise, sovereign individuals before God. Our memory what kind of memory uh, you say well somebody offended me this is not the memory we're talking about we're talking about the memory in Jesus Christ this is information concealed within our heart and our mind in the form of the Word of God which uh, presents us or presents us before God as a sovereign individual our memory is the unique ability to wisely and consciously perceive what is around us and to make con- conclusions with our mind words, actions, and feelings. Second, our memory is the ability to keep within your mind previous events and impressions, or more accurately, that information that has created this impression. Therefore, considering this fact or this paradigm, we conclude that keeping the works of God in your memory done by Him in the days of old, which consist of adopting and redeeming our body from the power of death and decay, we blot out the memory that has been received by us from the genetic line, the sinful life of our fathers in the flesh. You see where the gen- genetic genetical code or this genetical code is blotted out, erased. You say, in the name of Jesus, I deny this uh, sin- uh, sinful line passed on to me uh, from my father. And people come to me and say, I don't understand. I have the same desires, the same sins, even though I've rejected them pastor says that our body remembers the sins of our fathers and uh, does them if we proclaim that we've rejected it we've called it out to war and we need to blot out this memory <clears throat> from the memory of our of the sins of our fathers to erase them with the teaching of the Lord with his truth <clears throat> mm keeping in your memory the works of God done by him in the days of old, consisting of the adoption of our body by the redemption of of Christ, we confirm within our heart the work that was done for him in the past and future in the present. Memory is to confirm the works that were done by him in the past and in the future, and by confessing, we confirm this in the present. The Bible Here is the past and the future in all of the revelations that are in Scripture, starting from Genesis to Revelations. He sees the stronghold of life within our body. This says what? This is a promise that is at the door of our hope. This is the future. And this future is presented in the format of the written word. It is memory. God remembers this. <clears throat> and this memory that will be in the future <clears throat> needs to be rewritten, rewritten in our heart and needs to be proclaimed by proclaiming the not existent stronghold of incorruption in our body as existent just as we are doing. The future where we are not have not yet been, we are confirming in the present. Thank you, Lord. I count myself dead to sin, living for God, proclaim the not existent stronghold of incorruption in my body as existent. And what did I do? I have confirmed the future in the present. 
<clears throat> and you say, thank you, Lord, that all my sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. I thank you for the justification received freely and redemption in Jesus Christ. What did I do? I have proclaimed what is in the future in, in the present. And so what is in the future is confirmed in the present. If we today, in the present, don't already confirm it today through our confessions, which from our side is a foundation that we provide God to intervene in our life to save our soul and adopt our body by the redemption of Christ. As it is written, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple, John 2, 7. I remembered about the Lord, and the Lord remembered me. You see, my memory, he remembered the Lord, and the Lord remembered him. My, my remembrance works with the Lord's. If David did not have the presence of the works of God in his mind that were given to him, passed on to, uh, the information taught from his parents, he would not have had the ability to remember what was not already present in him. And so before going out to service David, he tended the flocks of his father. He placed into his mind something so that he can collaborate then with God's memory and he then needed to remind God of who he is and You ask, well, does, did the Lord forget? You need to rem uh, present to him the memory of the works of God that he has done. To blot out the works of God in man is only something man can do, and this means to blot out and erase his name, in, uh, your name in the, uh, that is written into the Book of Life, <clears throat> and deprive yourself, therefore, of eternal life. And so, blotting out uh, the remembrance of the works of God, you then blot out also your name. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, who forget Him, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Psalm 34, 16, they forget the Lord, <clears throat> and so the Lord forgets them and their children. Our memory, which present, represents our wise heart, very beautifully stated, what is our remembrance? This is our wise heart, our mind and heart. Our remembrance represents our wise heart and identifies us as sovereign individuals. This is our armor that we are called to use to resist our enemy, our old man, the unclean, and lawless people as well <clears throat> and if you take this memory from us who we are to God in Jesus Christ what he's done for us in Jesus Christ who we are to God in Jesus Christ by the fact of our birth from God and what do we need to do to inherit all that God has done and placed upon our account in Jesus Christ we will then appear as if we lose all these things we will be appear as a destroyed city O enemy, destructions are finished forever, and you have destroyed cities, even their memory has perished. Psalm 9.6 He destroyed the memory, uh, their memory along with them. Second question, what 
What purpose is the remembrance of the works of God called to fulfill done by God in the days of old? For the sake of our soul and our body. And so the purpose of memory or remembrance, what is remembrance? This is a wise heart. A wise heart, a remembrance. And so remembrance is what I've received in my heart. When the, anoint, anoint, the anointed one teaches us first to cleanse our heart from the carnal state, and then we put the word of God into our heart, and we then meditate and proclaim. This is the, then the collaboration of our renewed mind with our wise heart. <clears throat> On Friday, I liked it when he showed this uh, collaboration, talking about our virtuous, <clears throat> our w- virtuous wife, and her husband as the new person. He he was presented in the form of the righteousness of the heart, and the virtuous wife is the renewed mind. And so, the collaboration of our renewed mind with our righteous heart, the husband and wife, they then produce the fruit of the spirit. Our spirit cannot produce its fruit. A husband needs a wife so that there be children. For a sacred person, it is necessary. He needs a wife in the form of the virtuous wife, and they together will produce then the fruit of the spirit. This is not the uh, fruit of the soul, fruit of the spirit. Sarah bore a child, but it's written that Abraham bore a son. It's not possible to be to submerge into uh, death just the spirit or the soul. They together submerge where the new person, the sacred person, is clothed into uh, brokenness <clears throat> and absolutely depending only upon God. And the soul also dies in the death of the Lord Jesus and obtains the status of the virtuous wife. And they together, my righteous spirit and renewed mind, are is able to produce children, the fruit of our spirit. Abraham bore Isaac. <clears throat> and so what purpose is the remembrance of the works of God called to fulfill done by God in the days of old for the sake of the salvation of our soul and body? First component in the purpose of the remembrance of the works of God within our wise heart is the covenant of God with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants, which is us because of Jesus Christ. We're talking about remembrance. Where do we find this word, uh, remembrance? Our pastor shows us the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this remembrance uh, erases our remembrances, uh, the sins that have been cast into hell, We need to erase the sins, the sins that the saints confess and we confess, and God forbid that we remember them, because every time we remember the sins of saints that already have been forgiven and confessed, we blot out our name from the book of life. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob also known as Israel, your servants, to whom you swore 
by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and all his land that I have spoken if I give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. And so to rule your own body, you need to first rule your spirit. Otherwise, you will appear as the broken city without walls. Proverbs 25, 28, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. A person needs to rule over his spirit so he can rule over his body. The spirit needs to rule the soul and the soul will help rule the body, if we're talking more specifically. The symbol of the city that is broken without walls is a person who does not have within his spirit wisdom consisting of the truth of the Urim and Thummim, the Holy Spirit who reveals the mysteries that are contained in the truth of the Thummim. And so to (laughs) govern the land, the promised land in the form of our body, according to the covenant made between us and God, it is necessary for us to work with the truth of the preached to us word and the Holy Spirit to be able to eradicate and drive drive out the Gentile nations that live within our body in the form of our corrupt desires that are supported by the old person representing the fallen cherubim. Galatians 3, 13, 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The Lord has promised. He promised to give us the Spirit. Everything that God has promised us, it is a promise. But someone needs to remind me of that. For example, there's an appointment, but you don't remember when exactly, what time. Someone calls and tells you the time. Or, and you have a message, say you get on your phone, you have an appointment at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Say yes or no. You say yes. And some say no, there's no more appointment with God. And so when we ignore, when we ignore these, this information that's passed on to you, given to you, uh, this is as if you are on your phone saying no, and you're rejecting and refusing to meet with the Lord anymore. The promise of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham, is talking about the covenant that God made, <clears throat> the mutual covenant that was made between Abraham and God. And so when a person knows his role, and God knows his role, and they work together, Because of this covenant, we in Jesus Christ can save our souls so that we can use our soul to save our body. Hebrews 10, 38-39 Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. The symbol of the salvation of our soul is very well reflected in the salvation of Lot from being destroyed by fire Uh, that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And this was because of Abraham. Genesis 19.29, And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. 
looking at these words, the promised land is a symbol of our body. Abraham is a symbol of our new person. Lot is a symbol of our soul, whom we are called to save by being vigilant in prayer. Being vigilant in prayer, where we confess the salvation of our soul in Jesus Christ, the Lord remembers us and leads our lot in the form of our soul out of destruction that threatens us, the corrupt thoughts and desires that represent Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, the Lord remembered Abraham. Why did he remember Abraham? He just recently spoke with Abraham. And so, and it's because Abraham began to pray about him. And he was saying, what if you only find this many righteous there? Will you destroy the city? Or if you only find this many righteous? And he, he was speaking with God about these things, Abraham. And the Lord stopped at 10. He's, this is the holiness, or symbol, symbolically God's holiness. The Lord is uh, is patient with us, but when it comes to his holiness, uh, that stands firm. The Lord, uh, or Abraham, he, w- he was intercessing for Lot. He was remem- uh, reminding God of what God had promised him, that, so that God saved Lot. It doesn't say directly that he was praying about Lot, but we see that he saves Lot because of the prayer of Abraham. And who is Abraham? Abraham the covenant that God made with Abraham is a mutual covenant between us and God. If we don't know this mutual covenant, God's role, my role, then our soul, our lot will perish. And if our soul will perish, where, where, where will the spirit end up? Where will the body end up? If the soul perishes, everything perishes. But you may say, I'm born again. Yes, but you haven't become a, uh, the book of life. The Lord bears us in the New Testament for one purpose, so that what he bore would resurrect, and our spirit, soul, and body need to resurrect. And if we die, and the old man will be condemning us, if we're being saved, maybe at the mercy of the Lord, in the blink of an eye, glory to God, And so one who is saved is written into the book of life and not the Old and New Testament. The Old and New Testament need to become life. Second component in the purpose of the remembrance of the works of God within our wise heart is a specific place in the land of Canaan upon which God has put a remembrance for his name. First covenant with Abraham, I know my role, God knows his role, and we collaborate with our remembrance and now we need to have a specific place where our remembrance is to be and so being in this place the Lord remembers everything he's promised you Exodus 20-24 an altar of earth you shall make for me and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings your sheep and your oxen, in every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. 
And so you say, Lord, where, where will you bless me? I, I will bless you upon the place where I record my name. The Canaanite land is our body, redeemed because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The place where the Lord puts a remembrance for his name or records his name is our partaking to the body of Christ. This is the house of God. This is the chosen by God remnant. The altar upon which you are to bring the offer, burnt offering or burnt sacrifice is these are our goals and our motives which are called to correspond to the demands of the perfect will of God. This is our total sanctification, pursuing the goal of total dedication. And let us look at this place upon which the Lord uh, writes His name. Genesis 28, 10-22. Just being in this place, the Lord remembered everything He had promised to be in the church where God's remembrance is. Uh, as you hear, some people will say, well, just leave the church. It doesn't matter where you go. I, I watch it on the Internet myself. <clears throat> the Lord has put his remembrance in his church. A person doesn't even suspect that he's been erased from God's memory because of the Internet. where he's trying to, where he, he believes that he's getting his word. Genesis 28, 10 through 22. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set was set up on the earth, and its top reached the heavens, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I will... I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. Imagine how the Lord calls His church. This is not just the house of God. Where are you going? To the house of God. But when you say, where are you going? I go to the gates of heaven. Then everything is very sounds very differently. I go where the gates of heaven are present. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it and he called its place the place Bethel but the name of that city had been loose previously then Jacob uh, made a vow saying if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in, in peace then the Lord shall be my God and the stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. 
Every one of us needs to place this pillar, this stone. I'll make you a pillar of my in the temple of my God, and you will never come out again. It is written from this temple. Why? Because the Lord has placed a, a, a memory, a remembrance for his name. Each one has to become a pillar in the house of God. If our name... If the names of the Lord are upon us, we will never leave. Third component in the purpose of the remembrance of the works of God within our wise heart are two stones upon, two onyx stones upon the shoulders of the ephod of the high priest, representing our new or sacred person concealed in Jesus Christ. The first is the covenant between uh, us and God. This, the second. Where is the remembrance of God? The place, the house of God. The third is we need to have these two onyx stones upon our shoulders. Two precious stones and six names upon each stone. Exodus 28, 9 through 12. Then you shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the sons of Israel, six of their names on one stone and six names on the other stone in order of their birth. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engraving of a signet, you shall engrave the two stones with the names of the sons of Israel. You shall set them in settings of gold, and you shall put the two stones on the shoulders of the ephod of, as memorial stones, as a memorial stone for the sons of Israel. So Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord on his shoulders as a memorial. The third memorial so there's covenant the place and now these two precious stones with the n- names of the sons of israel the remembrance of the works of god contained in these two onyx stones with the carved upon them names of the sons of israel six upon each stone and placed into the golden settings upon the shoulder of our high priest is a symbol of the con- ratified covenant we've made with God upon mountain Ebal and Gerizim consisting of blessing and cursing by the means of which we are called to govern our body Deuteronomy 11 29 through 32 now it shall be when the Lord your God has brought you into the land which you go to possess that you shall put the blessing on mountain Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal Are they not on the other side of the Jordan toward the setting sun in the land of the Canaanites who dwell in the plain opposite Gilgal, beside the terebinth tree of Moray? For you will cross over the Jordan and go into into possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and you will possess it and dwell in it. And you shall be careful to observe all of the statutes and judgments which I set before you today. And so it's necessary having or possessing this, having this covenant uh, to be having this covenant as with Abraham and the Lord. We have this covenant with God and now the place and now these two onyx stones. uh, And this is pretty much expressing the love of God agape upon the vessels of mercy and vessels of wrath. And these two onyx stones, identifying these two mountains, Mountain Gerizim and Ebal. If these two stones aren't present, and we don't represent this truth, then we don't have the right to be in his presence. We will just be killed. 
continuing with remembrance, fourth component in the purpose of the remembrance of the works of God within our wise heart is building yourself into a breastplate of judgment upon the breast of our high priest with its twelve precious stones which contained the mystery of the Thummim and Urim. Exodus 28:29. So Aaron shall, shall bear the names of the sons of Israel on the breastplate of judgment over his heart when he goes into the holy place as a memorial before the Lord continually. If until this time these two onyx stones were as a memorial, here what was at his heart, the breastplate of judgment, this was continual, a continual memorial before him. The uniqueness of this breastplate of judgment as a continual memorial is because it very much is different than any other form of a memorial before God. And this is the state of our heart that has the status of a warrior in prayer. In its continual prayer that this prayer corresponds to the 12 golden settings in its quality and presentation. We need to possess a continual memorial, uh, remembrance, continual remembrance before God. When the Lord sees us, He falls in love, sees you. And so for this to happen, you need to have this continual remembrance. This is having the righteous state of your heart. And having the righteous state of your heart, having the right motives, is something a person has who has this breastplate of judgment because it has the golden settings and these precious stones with the names of the patriarchs. This is the elementary teaching of Christ that is written in the conscience that has been cleansed from dead works. A very unique component about which it is written, a continual memorial. As it says, memorial before the Lord continually. And so, one may say, well, I need to live continually in the church in order to be a continual, be a memorial before the Lord continually. No, you'd carry it within yourself. Even if you go to work or go to shop or whatever you'd go to do, you will have this in your heart. Fifth component in the purpose of the remembrance of the works of God within our wise heart is our census in the status of warriors in prayer, which represents the redemption of our soul. census when in Israel there was a census when they took him to uh, to the they were uh, drafting for the for their army Exodus 30 20 uh, 30 12 through 16 when you take the census of the children of Israel for their number then every man shall give a ransom for himself to the Lord when you remember or when you number them that there may be no plague among them when you number them this is what everyone among those who are numbered shall give. This is numbered for the army. Half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is 20 gera. The half shekel shall be an offering to the Lord. Half shekel means I collaborate with God. I have my role. God has his. Half shekel shall be offered to the Lord. Everyone, including among those who are numbered from 20 years old above, shall give an offering to the Lord. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel when you give an offering to the Lord. 
to make atonement for yourself, and you shall take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of meeting, that it may be a memorial for the children of Israel before the Lord to make atonement for yourself. And so we are going to look at a few of these components of a half shekel and ask fulfilling our, our part, our role. And so when we perform, when we uh, make a prayer, uh, there are prayers that may reach only up to the ceiling and not go any further. And what it often is, is a person, instead of speaking with God, they speak with themselves. It doesn't enter into the uh, the place of the throne to be able to uh, actually be able to enter uh, into the place of the throne. We need to give a half this, a, this half shekel. And so where are these half shekels? Let's look at them a little bit. A census examining the sons of Israel determining their age, 20 years and up, where they were required to offer to the Lord a holy half shekel. This is a symbol of our sanctification. Here is where a warrior in prayer, here's this half shekel. This is a symbol of our sanctification where we leave our carnal state our spiritual infancy and we come out and and enter the state of the spirit separating us from our nation the house of our father and from the corrupt desires of our soul so that we can dedicate ourselves to god which makes us able to be led by the holy spirit this is where this half shekel is this is to come out of our carnal state dying for our nation the house of our father for our corrupt desires For example, this uh, golden nose ring, which was weighing of a half a shekel, allowed Rebecca to be sanctified by leaving her nation in the house of our father. See how he calls warriors, warriors in prayer. And it's shown in the example of a, uh, a Jewish girl, a young woman. And so, definitely, uh, <clears throat> we see Rebecca, and so it was when the the camels had finished drinking that the man took a golden nose ring wing half a shekel and two bracelets for her wrist wing ten shekels of gold and said, Whose daughter are you? Tell me, please, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? <clears throat> so she said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milcah's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. <clears throat> and so as, as soon as he found out that she was Rebecca and that she's ready to <clears throat> uh, when he had come into their house, they wanted to hold him longer. He only uh, he wanted to they wanted to uh, his her family. They wanted to keep them him there longer, but he refused. Uh, so she said, I am the daughter of Bethuel, Milka's son, whom she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, we have both straw and feed enough and room to lodge. And he gave her, uh, 
he gave her a half shekel of a, a ring with that's a half shekel of gold and this is the symbol of us receiving the word of God putting into our heart and not rejecting it and so the word of God that you don't understand but you accept you come up to the pastor and say I don't understand what it is uh, what 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 you I don't understand the words that were said today this is not Rebecca she puts it into her heart offering to the Lord a holy half shekel is to establish a covenant made with God by the means of confessing with your mouth the faith of God abiding within our heart a good heart or a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things but I say to you that for every idle word man may speak they will give account of it in the day of judgment for by your words you will be justified and by your words you shall you shall be condemned Matthew 12 35 through 36 third offering to the Lord a holy half shekel this is all a drafting to the army this all of these the only reason the census was even done was for that purpose is to obtain the state this offering of the Lord a half a half shekel is to obtain the state where we come to the full measure of growth in Christ when we consciously place ourselves in dependence of the delegated by God authority in the form of the fivefold service Ephesians 4 11 through 16 and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the keeping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the tri trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Fourth, offering ourselves to the Lord in the form of a holy half shekel, rep, uh, presenting the process of an, we see presented the process of investment, where the previously received by us justification is confirmed in the format of the guarantee of redemption, which becomes our possession, which allows us to become a continual memorial or remembrance before God. Ephesians 1, 13, 14. In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom you also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Ephesians 1, 13, 14. And so this is the word of truth you hear, the preached word about your salvation, and you believed in it. <clears throat> and at this time, you received this ring, uh, weighing a half shekel. And the final, offering a holy half shekel to the Lord when confirming our redemption by the means of investment, obeying our faith to the faith of God, we become partakers of the chosen by God remnant. Romans 9.25-28 As he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people and her beloved who was not beloved 
and it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, there they shall be called the sons of the living God. Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnant will be saved. What will be saved? The remnant. Who is the remnant? This is the one who brought in the half shekel, the holy half shekel. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. In the in Hebrew, the word remnant is chosen, tested, faithful, dedicated to priesthood, keeping himself undefiled by the world, keeping the word of the patience of Christ, keeping boldness and trust upon God and upon his word. Hebrews 3, 6, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. And so boldness and trust, they are also part of this half shekel of silver. Right now we will pray and may the Lord bless us in this prayer and may the Lord give us the ability to break all dependence of sin in this prayer, uh, lusts from illnesses, shackles that we are uh, bound with, and we will wait for you here at the altar. Anyone whose heart burns, you may come up here and we will pray with you. I will be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that the Lord is on your side. He's not against you. He loves you with an eternal love. He has given to us the work of his redemption. He has stood between us and our enemies to protect us and to lift us up to his level. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to God. This is a sign that your hands are without wrath or doubt. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you upon this place, the church of your holy nation, where I open my heart so that you may see my pain, my suffering, my wounds inflicted by sin and lusts that I hate and that I reject. I come to you with my pain, with my fear, with dishonor, I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, restore me, 
protect me by the blood of your Son. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven, and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May you be blessed and may the blessings of the ancient mountains, everlasting hills be on you. May with noise the stronghold of death be thrusted out and in its place the stronghold of eternal life be in its place. May all this be upon you and your children in the name of Jesus Christ and the nation shall say, Amen. We have the great privilege upon this place where the remembrance of the Lord is. I trust that the word that we heard today, the words that we have been given from Pastor Arkady, they will become our own remembrance, the remembrance of our heart. This is very important, leaving the church, that we have a continual remembrance, continual prayer. I don't pray just memorizing specific places. You pray the words of the preached word. Why? This is very important. I need to show before God that I'm collaborating with the uh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through Jesus Christ, that what I've received is not what I've just memorized, but what I receive from the position of the Son. As being in in Jesus Christ, I can come into the uh, hall of his throne. And so when we just pray... uh, places uh, maybe that we just memorized. It's not bad in the beginning, but uh, we need to then pass over from the service of the flesh to the spirit. Let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen.